Yo, it's your boy Josh Harris. I'm about to show you how to live large without getting charged. It's called falling on a budget, baby. You don't need a whole lot of cheddar to make life better. Just these few simple tricks. You've heard a rap of 50 Cent? Well, I ain't got his kind of money, so call me Buffalo Nickel. I got the money in my mind, but in my wallet, not a dime. But that ain't keeping you and me from a life luxury, girl, I want you to know. I got all the crazy schemes For living way above my means Soon you'll see I got it made up Balling on a budget K Ready, set, here we go I'll pick you up in a Porsche But how should I say it? The owner of the car Well, he thinks I valeted it But while he's eating dinner For the places we could go We'll hit all the hot spots Cause I'm the man Get you into the best clubs Like Costco's and Sam's Cause we get to buy stuff in bulk Shut off my lights Yeah, sure we're dining in the dark But at least we have a spark And I think it'll grow You know I also have the keys And to the nicest properties There's no need to sneak in I'm dog sitting this weekend Impressed, yeah, I know When we shop, you can buy everything on the rack But keep the price tag Because you'll take it back The limit is the sky For 30 days, you'll be looking these great times are meant for more than just one So bring all your friends along for the fun I got a driver and a ride that sees 30 plus You've got your own limo? Oh no, I take the bus On a budget, welcome to the main attraction. So time to man up, everybody stand up. Give coupons out your pocket, people throw your hands up. A VIP name the showstopper. I got wiggers in my pocket, and all of them are covered. So follow me on this road that I pay. I'm like the Jesus of falling, cause both of us say, What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week's show is a throwback episode, as I'm replaying my interview with Atlanta comedian Josh Harris. He's been on Bill Bellamy's Who's Got Jokes, NBC's Stand Up for Diversity, 
Bounce TVs off the chain. He was the winner of the V103 Death at a Funeral Comedy Competition. And his comedy album, I'm Here, You're Welcome, debuted at number three on the iTunes comedy chart and number 13 on the Billboard comedy chart. As for the interview, it took place at Tavern on the Main, one of the main spots in Atlanta for comedy. Josh was headlining that night, so I asked him if I could interview him after the show. He agreed, and I got to the bar early so I could set up my laptop and microphones. Now, since the bar played music indoors, the only way to successfully record it without the music in the background was to go outside. The coolest part was on the outside patio, there were fans of both of us sitting outside, and they were eager to see a taping of the Boochcast in person. So Josh hits the stage, does a killer set, talks to some fans, and sells some merchandise after the show. Then he joins me on the patio for one heck of a great conversation. So sit back and enjoy as the booch goes one-on-one with Josh Harris. What's up, everybody? This is the booch, and welcome to the booch cast. I am here live at the Tavern on the Main in Snellville, Georgia. I have a very very special guest with me right now. You've seen him on TV, you've heard him on iTunes, and he's been known to thank God more than any professional athlete I have ever met. You can catch him Saturday, August 27th at the Relapse Theater for a very special going away party that he has. We'll talk more about that throughout the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to welcome to the show an Atlanta comedy powerhouse and a baller on a budget, uh, the one and only Mr. Josh Harris. Uh, Josh, welcome uh, to the show. Thank you, man. I need to have you do all my openings. That is pretty sweet. <laughs> I didn't you. expect that. That was pretty delicious. Yeah, I tried I'm, that. I'm going to copy and paste that and put that under the bio of my eHarmony profile, okay? <laughs> yeah. I think it would work there in eHarmony. They yeah. would definitely love that. Can you introduce me to all my dates like that, too? I will totally do that. We will kill. I will totally do that to everybody. Just open the door. He's a baller on a budget. He thanks God. He's here. You're welcome, Josh Harris. <laughs> well, I just, thought, I just love I that like song. That. You know, the, the baller on a budget you, man. song that you had. I saw you Thank perform you. it uh, earlier today in the show. Uh, so, how did the show go tonight? That was good. You know what I mean? It's always interesting doing bars. I, like, like where you have to compete with professional sports. But I thought it was a good show. Awesome crowd. There were some people up front that were really rocking who I was connected with, like these cool people over here. You can't see them, but they're to my left. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think like the shows like that where noise can be a factor, you, uh, you, unfortunately you kind of have to zoom in on like the front couple of rows and just connect with the people that are really digging it. But so, yeah, that's, that's what I did. I thought it was awesome. I sold a ton of, t- maybe more shirts than I've sold in a long, long time. I mean, I I don't know. I want to say maybe the most shirts I've sold at a show, um, other than my big concert special. But, uh, yeah, I sold a lot of merch. It was, it was great. Yeah, I actually saw one of the servers. I think they were wearing your, it said, Josh Harris, I'm yeah. here, you're welcome. Yeah, it was, it was great promotion. I loved it, yeah. <laughs> So I guess I think that probably helped, the fact that he was walking around and people could see the shirt. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was How cheap would I be if I asked for the shirt back afterwards? <laughs> I thought about it. You think you're getting away with that 20 piece of, dollar piece of material? I don't think so. Well, it sounds like you made you made your more than your money back yeah. on it. I think he earned the free shirt. I think he did earn it. Yeah, he did a great job with that. Yeah, yeah he's, been, he's been running around helping people out, so more people have been able to see the shirt. Don't tell anyone. I, I was sweating profusely after that show with my dancing. I got off stage, 
toweled off of one of the shirts, put it back in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's buying it. I'm charging extra for it. No. <laughs> Maybe they'll sell it on eBay. Yeah, exactly. That that could be a good incentive. I like, like that. Yeah, eBay. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. And uh, of course, uh, we were talking about we've been talking about balling on a budget, which of yeah, course man. is on your new album. And the last time we had you on the show was a couple years ago. It's crazy, man. And so much. You were, and we were talking about the Kickstarter campaign when you were raising the money to get everything together Not, and set yeah. this album up. And you told me all the plans and all the and all the singles you had for it. And you know. Mm -hmm. You were so full of optimism, as were myself and Jerry Truman back when he was on the show. Yeah. We were very excited. So, since the last time you were here, you know, the, we heard the album has been number three on iTunes. That was cool. It is number 13 on the Billboard Comedy Chart. So, what was your reaction to that, and how much has your career changed since then? First off, let me say my reaction was incredible gratitude. You know what I mean? I just feel like I, I just... You know, Christ really took me by the hand on that one. The more that I pursue Him and, and God in a relationship with Him through prayer, meditation, scripture study, and serving others, the the more of an adventure life becomes. You know, and I guess for me, just uh, I was I was so stoked because you never know. And then to see my name the, the day that we released that right next to Jim Gaffigan on iTunes. You know what I mean? It was like I was actually between Jim Gaffigan and Jim Gaffigan. It was like. I don't know who it was like Ron Funches, some Jim Gaffigan, me, and then another Jim Gaffigan album on iTunes. So like, for for me, it's um, the the what's worth a million dollars is is the is the just that title. I mean, I can put that on a resume, you know, number three on iTunes. I have the screenshot. Um, I was shocked. I was really, and then when uh, when Billboard emailed me, that was great. And you know, the craziest thing is. I, I think I would have been way higher on the Billboard charts, but I forgot to register all my pre-sales on Kickstarter. So they're like probably two to 400, 300 sales didn't get charted at all on on Billboard. So they went just off the digital stuff. I, none of my physical sales got reported um, to, uh, or my Kickstarter sales were reported to Billboard. So they went completely off of just like the downloads the day that we released, and I guess streams and things like that um but yeah i mean i'm just incredibly grateful man it's very very exciting in terms of career i mean you know that album did a lot for me just in terms of i think generating excitement and some fans you know really what got i think some some buzz and excitement were the music videos we did you know i, I know whip guys really got a lot of people uh there, there were a lot of fans behind the whip guys music video um, which is really cool. Uh, Guys Night Out did very well. Um, and then we did that big, huge show at the Earl Strand Theater, which was like a comedy special thing that we filmed. And, uh, man, I've never, you know, it was packed. I think we had 320 tickets accounted for. Um, yeah, it was great. So, I mean, I, and, and that had probably, like, I think over 20 people involved in that production. That lot, you know, and I think with the music videos, there were over 70 people involved. So, you know, I just learned how to produce uh, events, videos, like, and really, I think, become a, a leader and work with the team. So, I mean, yeah, I got some fans, got some buzz, but it also just, I feel like I grew a lot personally and professionally as well. Awesome. And, and with the, with the, uh, the special that you said, um, yeah. Do you know is it gonna air when it's when and where it's gonna air? Or so I've thought about it. we we just just finished all the sound for it. You know all the um we just finished mixing all the sound for it. 
I thought about potentially shopping it to like a Netflix or something like that. I think really what I'm going to do first, and, and I might just keep it in this, I might just stick with this, is just chop up the best clips and put them all on YouTube and put a little bit of a marketing budget. Use it for visibility and also use it for my promo reel that I'm going to take to L.A., um, I don't know if I'm going to do the whole special in its entirety because it was pretty long. I, I, I it feel like it's like an hour and ten minutes. And uh, But I think what I'm going to do is, is get the best performances from it and put it online for free so everyone can see it. Yeah, and that way, because that's good for me, but the bits and pieces of it, you know, maybe Netflix or somebody will want the whole thing. That would be awesome. The whole thing. That would be awesome. That's a great idea. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Yeah, because yeah, usually that's, I've seen some comics do that where they'll put like snippets of it on YouTube and stuff, and then eventually they'll tell you at the end of it, like... I mean, obviously you won't be able to do that until somebody picks it up, but I'm yeah. saying eventually at the end of it you can say, come check out the whole thing on Netflix or, sure. or HBO or whoever picks it up. Absolutely, man. That's a great, great idea. I like what you talk about, having g generating some visibility and some buzz online. You know what I mean? That's great. Yeah, I, 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 that's one thing I've learned personally is that social, how powerful social media is. Mostly, yeah. and, it's not, and most of it didn't even come from you know being economy. I just learned because... When I went to Georgia State, I took a public relations class. Oh, did you? I was a public relations major in school. And I told my teacher that I wanted to go into comedy with it, and he sat me down and told me no. Really? He was, he's not even a comic. He does, he's not even involved in comedy in any way, shape, or form. But when he heard what I wanted to do, he was he just, his eyes like lit up like, that's the best idea I've heard any public relations person in my class. That's awesome. So that's why I learned to do that. You put that at the end, and then you just put that up there. It'll give more visibility for it. But if you put the whole thing up, then no one's gonna want to take it. Are you still are you still performing a lot? Uh, yes, I haven't been on in quite a while. I've mostly just been doing uh, the podcast. You're a great interviewer. Yeah, yeah, love it. Well, you've been doing the podcast and what else? I did a TV show for uh, Adult Swim recently. Yeah, man. What was that? Uh, daytime Fighting League. What you do? What is that? It's um, it's like it's like a wrestling-based show, like, but it's not like pro wrestling, like the suplexes and everything. They, it's kind of like those gimmick matches they used to have in the '90s, where it's like, like, like the pink slip on a pole, or you know, they would say like the bra and panties match, stuff like that. So we did all these. They put all these insane stipulations. Like me and 15 other people were competing in this tournament, and I had a lot of crazy stuff I had to do. Where at one point, um, they had this thing called a, a boulder holder match. Where they took, where they put one arm behind my back, wrapped me my upper body in saran wrap, gave me one free arm, and then stuck a bra on me, <laughs> and I had to unhook the other guy's bra with one arm to win the match. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and then I had another match called Metamorphosis, where again they wrapped me, in, they put butterfly wings on me, wrapped me in saran wrap, and I had to rip myself out of it and ring the bell for the other person. Did. did you do it? Yes. And then I had this, and then I had the last match that I lost, which was the Sponge Guy bloodbath match. Which was the weirdest thing I've ever did. They took a pinata SpongeBob SquarePants, stabbed a hole in his head, and all this red Kool-Aid dripping in the tub. And then me and this other guy had to fight over a sponge and fill up and try to fill up a bucket. Is it uh, has it been aired yet? Or it's, it's aired. It's aired. On, it was on AdultSwim.com, and it did so well there they put it on AdultSwim TV. Really? Yes. And I got a call from AdultSwim to do other to do like a couple of guest spots on a couple of other shows because even though I lost. They said they said we've been doing the polls and you're the most, you are the star of the show. <laughs> like the guy, like I'm more popular than the guy who won the whole thing. Like that's insane. Dude, send me some clips, man. I, I will absolutely. Awesome, that's a good job, Boots, man. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm hanging with a television star. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, and I'm hanging with a television star <laughs> as well. So it's like it's two TV stars under there one. There we go, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's speaking of TV. I guess we'll we'll jump into this. Like. One of the things I used to talk about was I remember the first time back when I was getting new to hosting, 
and you were one of the you were one of the main guys on the show. I can't remember if you were the feature the headliner. We were at the Buford Variety Theater together. And oh, wow. it was like years ago. And I remember um, I had to I had to um, introduce you. I was told in advance. So I had to go online and find things about you. Because I'm like, I want to do this right. I don't want to just say, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Harris. So I found three things about you that I mentioned. And I remember you gave me a shout-out because of it. I mentioned that you were on Bill Bellamy's Who's Got Jokes. Yeah. You were a finalist in NBC Stand-Up for Diversity. And you won the B-103 Death at a Funeral Comedy Comedy. Yeah, that was so long ago. And then I said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Josh Harris. And then you came out to the stage and you had a great set. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And I remember you came out and you were like... I didn't even know Pooch knew that about me. Like, That's you had awesome. to, like you were telling me, I was like, how did I know all this? I'm like, I worked on your website. That's, That's all I did. Awesome, I was just doing homework. So I wanted to do the credit thing right. Super cool, man. I love it. Yeah, you do your homework, man. I can tell. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of who's got shows, uh, what was it like being on that show? Man, that was crazy. That was the best and worst experience I've ever had in comedy. But I learned so much. I mean, the first night I went out there, I, I, it was just a God thing, man. I was backstage. Literally minutes, maybe seconds before I went on that show. I, I knew what I was going to say going in. Like, I had my set planned, and literally, I'm backstage right when they're about to announce me that first night. I changed my set, dude, like minutes before I'm about to go on TV. Like, maybe within a minute I'm about to go on television. It just, something like came over me, and I don't, I just like, wait, no, I know exactly how to do this. I need to open with this joke. I need to tell this joke. I need to close with this joke. I went out there, dude, because I was... I was planning on performing and, like, saving my best night for set for night two or, like, other stuff. But I realized, no, you only got, like, one shot at this first impression. I just, I tell you, it's like this, and I just felt, like, divinely inspired, and, and boom, I changed it. And I go out on stage, man, standing ovation. Unbelievable. I was the only person on this, my show that, like, my show that, that night that got a standing ovation and you can see it online Bill Bellamy is like wow well, was our first standing ovation of the night you know oh my gosh crushed it it was an amazing maybe one of, maybe the best show or like high you know like one of the best performances I've ever done to this day eight years later you know what I mean standing ovation do another part I, I win my show that night I mean there was a, a writer from Chris Rock for Chris Rock that was and I beat him and I'm dude I'm like doing for comedy for like you know, I don't know, taking it seriously for less than a year. I've been, but I've been, I've been on stage the first time I've been on stage been a few years ago, but like, you know, so I win this thing the first night and I mean, like literally I go back to my room and I'm so crazy. I'm like newly sober. So my mind, I'm all crazy because of that. You know, my body and my mind's trying to figure out how to function again, essentially. Maybe... I don't know, six, seven months over or something. And then I'm so anxious because it's my first TV appearance. I, I, I can't sleep. I mean, I go like days, it feels like, with hardly any sleep. So then I go out for the second round, and I have a panic attack on stage and, like, meltdown, dude. And, like, Bill Bellamy comes out and just ridicules me, and everyone's laughing and cracking up. It was pretty, it was pretty rough. So... You know, luckily, I came back with one joke at the very end, and people, like, laughed at it and applauded. But literally, I bombed. He came out. Everyone was laughing at me. You know what I mean? And then I went back out again and just gave up on stage. I said, you know what? I can't even do this. I literally gave up on television. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was rough, man. I told you. It was was the roughest. So, I tell you, within the span of, like, 48 hours, I had the best and the worst performance of my entire life. 
I could have, I asked the producer of that show, I said, what should I do? You know what I mean? Like, and he said, well, you gotta, you know, you can mope around for a few days, you can feel like crap, that's fine, but eventually you're gonna have to get back on your feet and just keep performing. And that's what I did, you know, and that's the difference between people who do stuff and people who don't in this business. Some of the most talented comics, I believe, you know, probably much more talented than me, um, yeah, I just see them give up because they have a few bad shows, unfortunately. Yeah. So I just kept moving forward, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, and that's always the important thing. And what I like what the producer said was, this is my take on it, was that I like the fact he said you can mope around for a few days and then you got to get back on your feet. Because I think that, I yeah. think you need both to really get better. Like most people say that, you know, there's some people that will just let it go and then keep on going, but then mentally it messes them up. But I've always, yeah. I've always believed that when something bad happens to you, you give yourself a couple of days of a pity party or something yeah. around. I call, I, I, I give it a couple, like a pity party for a couple of days, and yeah. then once you're completely over it, then you go back on stage, because so that way you've dealt with it. It's like, it's like, it's like grieving for a loss, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, like, like, you know, like, it's like, it's like if you have a, God forbid, you have a loved one that passes away, you don't go back to work the next day. You take a week or so to grieve for the loss, and then okay, now I gotta get now I gotta get back on my feet, get back to work, get back to what I'm doing and put that in my rearview mirror, you know, and keep going. So That's I've, a great point. Yeah. yeah. And obviously I'm glad you got back it's good that you got back on your yeah. feet because now you got yeah, yeah. all this all this amazing stuff that you're Thank you, man. to get involved in, man. And I Thank you. And of course you were I know you were talking before about um, you know, going to LA and everything. Uh, what ultimately made you decide that now was the time to go out there? You know, I've been getting advice to go out there for years from people who are doing very well out there. I mean, from sitcom writers to television personalities, profession, you know, other kinds of great professional comics. And I think that fear kind of held me back. But also, to be honest, it just never felt right. You know, I mean, I've been out there a few times to perform. I went out for, um, I went out to perform, like, seven years ago or so and did very well <clears throat> on some shows then NBC flew out me out maybe close to seven years ago and I had a rough set I mean and I just never went back man you know I mean maybe it was fear but I just never went back you know and and um I I didn't know what I was gonna do I mean I was I was thinking of going to like seminary in the fall I just was like I didn't know and I just I was talking to Jerry Farber one night and uh he said, you know, you just really need to go out there. You need to really give it a shot. You know, you just need to go out there for like three months. So, I don't know what happened, but something clicked. I was like, dude, you're right. I do need to go out there. <clears throat> and then, I guess, you know, through prayer, meditation, and scripture study, I feel like Jesus made it clear. And that's, you know, on top of all the professional direction that I would gotten from people. And so, I'm heading out there. I just got my place yesterday um, in Pasadena which I'm super excited about I hear Pasadena is really cool I think it's kind of like Marietta to Atlanta in terms of location but it's um, I just got a great feeling about it I'm excited and the guy I live with is a concert pianist and he has a, and a grand piano in his place so I got a <laughs> piano I can play and practice on I'm really pumped about that that's even better because I, 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 you use the piano a lot in your act I do practice so excited yeah God yeah. is good what, man what made you decide to finally incorporate the piano I released this music video a while back, and it got pretty popular online. It was the first video I ever released, music video. And it kind of went viral in its own little way. I, I don't even know. I just, I guess maybe, I don't know if I tried to play it live or 
you know, whatever, but I started using the piano, and then Jerry Farber had a club, and I noticed Jerry used the piano a bunch, so I just kept experimenting with piano stuff. Sometimes it would bomb, but then I finally figured out, like, how to make it work, and sometimes it went really well, and it's still a work in progress. I really want to knock out these two to three more piano bits before I head to L.A. I'm really working on trying to finalize these before I head out there. But, uh, yeah, so th that's kind of what happened. I think Jerry Farber, who's the all-around entertainer, he uses it so masterfully, if you've ever seen him. And so uh, he really gave me an amazing stage and place where I could workshop it as well, you know. So his club, Jerry Farber's Side Door, is really where a lot of that was born out of. Yeah, and you, and you seem to have, you know, really done well over there. I think yeah. that's where you filmed the Ball on the Budget video? I filmed the... Uh, what did I film? I filmed the Baller on a Budget promo video. Promo video, yes. Yeah. I, I knew about it because um, when I, because one time uh, Jerry showed it to me. He's like, he said, dude, I'm in this video. You got to check it out. And that's when I saw it. So I think yeah. Was, I think it was like an extra in the front row or I think something. Truman was in it too, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. He, was, he kept telling me all about it. Like, I'm in this uh, video. You got to check out. And I think I might have been working that night, which is why I couldn't make it. Yeah. But Jerry was like very excited to show me when I saw it. I was like, nah. oh, this is funny. Thank you, man. <laughs> I, yeah. I, thought, cause I got, definitely think the Baller on a Budget Definitely one of my favorites on one of the songs. On oh, thank you, dude. That. Thank you. And I also love, and, I, and you put this out, like, I think a few days ago, and I've seen you do it one other time, I think. I, I, I think it was at the, the improv. political commercial? The political commercial. Is my oh, favorite. thank you, I, man. I think it was, like, it, it was the guy Aaron in the front row, and I remember one time, no, I remember, it was at your Kickstarter party when you had the Cosmopolitan, where you invited yeah. all those people out there. There was a guy in the front row, George, and you did the whole political commercial with George and I was just in the back like just because I've seen so many political commercials and it made so much sense what made you decide to write that? Man, I, I don't even know what got into me but I, I know I started it and that bit took a long time to finish I mean it took like a year <clears throat> and I tried it and the problem I had with it at first was I was making it partisan so I was like making it with like candidates versus other candidates which is automatically going to create a divide in the audience oh yeah so I don't know what happened, and I don't know if Robin Henry gave me this. She's a brilliant sitcom writer and very funny comic. It's actually a student of mine. I don't know if she gave me this idea or what, but somehow it, it came up that it needs to be me versus someone in the audience. And that's that changed everything. Like, that that immediately changed everything. So that's... And that got workshopped a bunch at Jerry Farber's club. Now, are you, are you political at all, or is that just a bit you came up with? No, no, not really. I try to. I don't really try to talk about that stuff too much on stage. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I tried it maybe once, and it didn't. It worked okay for me, but I yeah, I would not do it again. Yeah. <laughs> like I got away with. I think I got away with it once. I'm not gonna get away with it. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those things it. where you luck out with it. And um and uh I'm, and I know you were saying before about a student of yours. Uh, I'm also known that in addition to everything else, you're also doing a lot of comedy classes. Yeah. Teaching. Uh, what made you decide to start teaching a comedy class? It was cool. I was actually working, um, there was a friend of mine, I don't know, you know, Jamie Ward was teaching comedy classes at first for a little bit, and something about him teaching it really got me hungry to teach it, and I didn't even charge at first. At first, I just got a friend, two friends of mine who were interested in comedy. I met up with them, and I helped them write a set, you know? I was like, let's do this. I want to really work with you, and I did, and I think they did pretty well, you know, and so... Then I got involved with Your Act Studios. Um, they do in Sketchworks, and Della Cole was kind enough to let me 
try this crazy idea of a comedy class out at our studio, and man, it was amazing. They did awesome. I'm so proud of my students. Some of them do better than I do at that graduation show. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could take my class. Sometimes, I, I mean, I think, I'm afraid I might be a better teacher than I am a comic, but it's it's awesome to see them grow. Yeah, do, have any, do any of your students still perform around the comedy scene? Yeah, Greg Behrens was a student of mine, you know, Greg? Yes, I, I yeah, definitely know Greg. Yeah, he was in my very first class. Really? Yeah, he was in my very first class. I mean, Anwar Osborne's in my class. Uh, he does The Laughing Skull. He runs one of the biggest comedy shows in the city, Hip vs. Swag. I, you know, I have other students that, like, you know, one of my, I mean, some of my students have been, like, killing it in, like, television and, and film and commercial stuff. Yeah. You know, I have other students that have gone on to produce content. Uh, others that have been doing amazing things with, with stand-up comedy. So it's all over the place. I'm really proud of them. That's awesome. And, and because, and seeing how a lot of these students are getting success, it definitely, you know, helps bring more students to your class. And that knows that definitely. not only are you, not only are you teaching them the right way, but it gives results. It really does. I mean, it's really cool. I, I try to teach them for eight weeks so they can really grow. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's really cool. Is it, like, is it like five days a week, four days a week, three? No, once a week for eight weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, a lot, that's, wow, that's a lot of progress in a lot of time. Yeah, it's really cool. Man, I might need to freak, I might need to shorten it up and make it twice a week for four weeks so I can probably make more money that way, to be honest. You know yeah. what I mean? Versus... Making, having to teach, you know, having to wait, like, I, I don't know, two months to teach your next class, you know what I mean, but yeah. You think you'll find a place to teach in L.A.? I hope so, man. You know, that's the thing. I, I'm wondering how much energy to put into trying it uh, beforehand, I mean, to line up a place, but I just feel like I'm really good at it, so I, I hope, you know, that, that God puts me in a, in a position where I can you know, teach other people, because that's really cool, there's something about when you teach somebody comedy, you, you build a very special relationship with them, because you help them get over probably one of their biggest fears and accomplish one of their biggest dreams, and you know, so that's where so many amazing relationships of mine have come from, so I really hope that I can teach a stand-up class in L.A. I hope so too, man, because I know there's, there's still some, even though L.A. is a, a mecca for comedy, I'm still yeah. there's some people out there that could He's a good teacher. Thank you, man. Really, so Thank you. Hopefully you'll be able to help him out. And Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. And I know you've talked about God quite a bit on the show, and I'm glad you laughed when I did the Thank God uh, professional yeah. athlete thing, because I was just messing around. No, I was trying really to, cool. you know, no, it's fine. insulting, because I, I, I just said, I know you talk about God a lot. And sure. What's interesting is that the last time I, I saw you face-to-face -face was when we were at the Atlanta Comedy Theater. Yeah. And and I remember I walked in, you were watching this, and I said, I said, wow, that's pretty funny. Like, who's that comedian? You said, no, it's not a comedy show, it's a sermon. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I sat down, I watched it, and I noticed that, you know, on social media, you talk a lot about Jesus and peace and joy and, and blessings sure. and everything. Um, have you always been religious, or was it something that you recently got involved in? No, dude. When I, um, I probably hated, had a he Christians and Christianity. Gosh, I mean, most of my life, I grew up, in a half Jewish household um, at first I grew up was raised Jewish up at first and um, you know I just met so many gnarly Christians that I had a lot of resentment towards them you know and uh, the first babysitter I had when I was five told me I, my dad was going to hell you know for being Jewish so I mean I wanted nothing to do with Christianity I didn't realize, you know, I didn't know anything about Jesus or the message. I just unfortunately met a few bad mascots. And um, it wasn't until, you know, I sobered up, realized 
I got into my life and saw how many amazing things he was changing and doing for me that I was even really open to understanding how a relationship with God worked. Now, I still didn't want anything to do with Christ at that point. You know, I mean, like, I, or Jesus or church. I thought all those people were bigots and morons, to be honest. And it wasn't until I sort of started going to church just because I thought the message was cool. You know, I wanted a healthier network of friends. And I was on a, um, you know, I just kept coming back. I was like, you know, I like the message. This guy's kind of like a good, I consider him a motivational speaker. Yes. Well, definitely. I, um, I kept going. And one time when I was, I got involved in different small groups. And when I was on a family vacation, I started reading my Bible. And I just literally, as crazy as it sounds, I'd close my eyes. And I started getting these images of Christ with his arms open and wide, ready to embrace me. And every time I saw it, it's like I felt this static electric shock on my heart just like joy started to penetrate me in this way I'd never experienced before and I think eventually I just said I surrender and let him in and it was just like for a week I felt like I was on the mountaintop with the spirit of God blowing through me I went on to do a show with Jerry Farber in Florida and I was essentially just by myself you know what I mean on a road gig for like days and it was like I didn't need anybody else. I was so happy and so joyous. It was like I had one toe in heaven. This is right after I accepted Christ. And it was just like there was no going back. I'd never felt a joy like this before. And so, um, that, yeah, that's sort of how, that's you know, and since then I've just continued to grow in that relationship through prayer, meditation, scripture study, and service towards other people, service work and volunteer work and you know, staying sober. I mean, it's just been, uh, it's been an awesome ride. It definitely has been, man. And I, and I, and my, my philosophy's always been, you know, whatever helps you stay sober, by all means. Yeah. Sober, you know. Sure. I mean, I mean, I, I've, I mean, obviously, I've never been out. I've never. I, I have, we haven't hung out during the times where you were. Yeah. But from, probably, from, the story, from the stories I've heard. You're probably better for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope so. I mean, I. I've had a few drunken moments myself. Like I said, I I did used to work with the regular guys. They, yeah. They got me wasted all the time. In the studio? Not in the, once in the studio. Once in the studio. But did they film it? They filmed it. Oh God. Yes, I had to. They made me interview these girls from Three Olive Vodka, and I had, and I'm interviewing these girls, and I'm like laughing too much, I'm going crazy, and I, and it was a great interview. And the most embarrassing moment, this is the one drunken embarrassing moment I had. In fact, it laughed so hard, one of the other interns almost dropped the camera. He was laughing so hard. I said, I was trying to say, my original plan was, I want to thank the girls from Three Olive Vodka for coming here tonight. But I was so wasted. I said, I want to thank the girls from Three Olive Garden. <laughs> and the girls started laughing, the camera almost dropped, and I went, did I just can say garden? <laughs> I just, like, they went crazy. Like, they, they were like, and the regular guys were like, we're airing this. They put it on YouTube, it's still up there. No <laughs> way. Yeah, Wait, yeah. so... Did they? They made you drink free olive vodka. Yes, because they were well. They were plugging the. Uh, they were a sponsor of the regular guys roast, which we were doing that year. So they brought them in to kind wow. of plug their show in exchange for them giving out, you know, oh my gosh. the roast. So, but then other times it would be like Steve's bar. Like Steve has this thing where I have to get him drunk because they love what I do when I'm drunk. So I would get wasted, but then Steve was always nice about it. He would put me in his truck. Take me to the best Western Hotel, which is right down the street, and he would pay for my room. Oh wow! So, that, so he's like, I got you drunk, but I'm cleaning up the mess afterwards. I'm not gonna leave him on his own. So um, I always was grateful to Steve for that. Okay, cool, cool. But yeah, that's just a little uh, side story there. But I gotta say, uh, I'm sorry that I was chuckling earlier, but because I know this isn't funny, but I gotta say, when you tell me that a babysitter 
tells him five years old. Yeah. So your dad's going to hell. I'm like, first of all, first of all, you're five years old. You don't need to be hearing this. Second of all, what babysitter wants to lose a paycheck that way? Like, I check, know. I'm saying, check, at least check your opinion. At least get the money first before you start. I know, right? Your stuff, at least. Like, I know, right? I thought that was insane. But, but yeah, and I and I definitely noticed that a lot about you, about about the spirituality thing. I always wondered where it came from because sure. you're the only person, like I said, like I think it was like yesterday we were talking on the phone. You're the only person that ever says God bless before you hang up the phone, uh-huh. which is great. I love it. But I, it's one of those things where it's like I didn't know how to respond to it because I wasn't used to it. So when I said when I said you too, I hope you didn't mean that I was. I hope you didn't mean that in a bad way or that I was being dismissive. No, dude. I just, I just didn't know how to react to it. That's all. It's I'm all not, good. It wasn't something I was used to, but. You know, when I was a kid, my parents took me to church all the time just because they wanted me to learn everything. Like, it's like, it's like we got unbaptized, which I had no say in the matter. Uh, we had communion, which I had a say in. Then there was confirmation, and it was like, okay, I'm not doing this. So yeah. I kind of, and it was weird because, I, like you said before, I saw so many bigots and crazy, and crazy Christian-like sure. things that I was like, you know, I'm still a Catholic. I believe in God, but not if, but I, I can't take it to this extreme. These people are nuts. And then one day... And that's why I brought the sermon thing to you when we were watching it, because yeah. I used to watch, like, like the guy I watch is Joel Austin. He's awesome. He's awesome. Like, I remember one day I woke up at, like, 7 in the morning, I had I turned on the TV, and Joel Austin was on. And I'm listening to this guy, and at first I thought it was a Christian thing. My first instinct was to change the channel, like, I'm not going to listen to this. But then I, I heard him talking, and I could, like, relate to everything he said. Like, like I know sometimes you might be having a bad day. Co-workers might be making you mad, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, you know, and, I, and I remember me having to sleep like, dude, you don't even know the half of it. <laughs> I'm just like leaning on my pillow because <laughs> so many people were pissing me off the day before. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, you know the half of it. And then I just like, and I'm like, this guy makes a lot of sense. So I was watching him. All, I mean, I haven't watched him in a couple of weeks. I've been busy with a lot of things, but I was watching him for like, like, like a month straight. I was watching him like every morning. Yeah. And I was. And I was like amazed with the messages he gave and everything, yeah. and it's like, and it's like I'm like like the only thing he says is the only thing he, advice he gives that I don't take when he says get in a good Bible-based church. I'm like I'll 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 just watch you, but when I watched him, I was like I felt really spiritual and everything. Like and it, it, it made me feel more positive about myself because I was negative for a long time. And he says like when you think positive, positive things happen to you and everything and. And he was like 100% right. And I was like, this is amazing. So when I saw you watching that sermon, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah, that's that, awesome, that, that watches this stuff or gets amazed by this stuff, which is why I was, you know, when we were doing this interview, this is one topic I was very excited to talk about. Oh, great, man. Just, just, just because, like, I feel like you're the only Atlanta comic I could talk about this stuff with. Oh, that means like, a lot. Yeah, because I don't feel like anybody else is like that. It's like, if I told everybody, like, hey, I'm watching Joe Austin, they might look at me like, what is wrong with you? Like, I know a lot of comments would look at me like I was nuts. Sure. Like, you're the only one that would, that, like, you're not looking at me like I'm nuts. Like, you totally get No, man, where I've I'm had some from. of his, yeah, I've listened to some of his sermons in the car and seen some of them, and yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, like, I keep hoping he comes to Georgia. Like, I'm actually going to buy tickets and That go would be like, awesome. I think he comes to the Phillips Arena sometimes or something like that. Yeah, he does that. He does yeah. tours. Yeah, and, I, and I'm watching, like, and he's into, like, and he's, like, and he told the story about how now he's in this, and I see how big the building is that he does is like in Texas where he is. Yeah. It's like it's like a it's like a concert hall. I'm like. No, no, it's I think it's where the football team used to play. 
I think it's the stadium. Yeah, I think it's like the old Astrodome or whatever the heck that was in Houston. I was like, I was like amazed. Like, okay, I'm like, I'm like, if he packs that many people, he must know what he's talking about. Yeah. Because I've never seen it. I've never seen anyone play in a church, like, or, or a church or have something that big. It's crazy. It's like I, I'm like, wow, this guy's, and I'm watching. I'm looking at his what, and then it said, and then it said, follow him on his podcast, and I'm like, the dude has a podcast. <laughs> like now, and. And Have you heard it? I've heard it, Is yeah. Is it good? It, it's very good. It, 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 sometimes it has a little bit of the same stuff we talked about in there, but also he'll do like certain topics as well. But he tries to make it different from what you've heard on the TV. And Does he have guests, or is it just him? I think he, he might have a couple guests, but I think they're all church-related. Gotcha. I, I don't know if he might get somebody like like outside of it. Like The person I've seen him outside of it is maybe Steve Harvey. I know he had Steve Harvey on there? I don't think he had him on there, but I think he might eventually, because I know Joel, Joel's been on, on, on Steve Harvey's talk show. Like, oh, has friends. he? They're friends. Did you see that? I gotta, I'm going to Google did, that when well, I get home. They did, they did a segment where he talked about, do you think God has a sense of humor? And Joel says, yeah, I think I do. And then he tells a couple stories, and Steve tries to do one of his uh, sarcastic funny things, and Joel just stares at him. And he's like, and then Steve's like, well, I guess I'm going to hell for that one. And then everybody starts laughing, and Joel says, I'll pray for you. And they uh, all start laughing. So I'm like, he does, that's what I love about Joel. Like, he'll put jokes in his stories. And that was another great thing I loved. Was like, he did a story about, you know, how if people piss you off or stress you out, you stay at rest. Like, don't yeah. let things bother you. And he told a story about one time I'm walking around my house, and I'm going to watch TV, and I can't find the remote. So I call my wife, Victoria. I say, where's the remote? I can't find the remote. She says, it's there. I know it is. Five minutes later, Victoria calls me and says, Joel, you're not going to believe this. The remote is in my purse. I accidentally took it with me. And Joel said, and I was very close to coming out of my rest. <laughs> Which is his way of saying I was about to get pissed off. Yeah. But then I thought, I'll just calm down. And I'm like, just something about that made me laugh. And I know this is going to sound really weird, but I, I, this, this is how I feel. When I found out later, he said my wife, Victoria, and then he found out he had two kids. And... I've seen so many Catholic priests in my lifetime as a child talking about, you know, this sex being an abomination or this being an abomination or you do this, you're going to hell, if you do that, you're going to hell. Yeah. So something about the fact that he procreated made me trust him, <laughs> if that makes any sense. That's I don't. cool. Now, whether he had sex with his wife before they got married, I don't know. I don't care. I'm not going to read into it. But just the fact that he actually has makes me trust him for some reason. Like, he's not, like not going to be judgmental if I've had sex before I got married or something sure. like that, you know? Does sure. that make sense, or am I just yeah, that makes, crazy? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. Awesome. And, and uh, now, and of course, you mentioned before, you said you were doing a show in L.A. about six and a half, seven years ago? Yeah, I did a show in L.A. Well, I mean, I went out there and just did a bunch of shows. Oh. NBC flew me out there then. Was the, that the Santa Fe University show? Yeah. NBC, um, yeah, because you said you made, because I heard you made it to the finals. Did you make it to the finals? I was in the top ten, yeah. I was the dude who got selected from Atlanta. Uh, I, I don't know, yeah, I, was, I think it was the only one from Atlanta who went out there that year, and, um, made it to the finals, it was pretty sweet, I mean, you know, considering that I was competing against some amazing guys, we've done some amazing things in comedy, that's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, and of course, uh, I mentioned before about the Death at a Funeral competition. Yeah. How did you get involved in that, because I've, I've been looking, I've been listening to radio stations, I've never heard any of them doing comedy contests. So that was so it? cool, one of my friends sent me an email about it, and was like, you should do this, and I literally just showed up, and... I was thinking of doing all new material, and they were like, no, nah, man, you just got to, like, I don't know what, there had to be a theme behind it. I don't know if it had to be funerals or, or what, or family or crazy family members, 
And I was literally about to, like, I tried to write a whole new bit, and they're like, no, just do your, like, bits that work and, like, say that the people in them are your family members. And I did, and it, it did awesome. <laughs> it was kind of like cheating, but, yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, it works, you know, because if you throw your family members in there, it actually it helps out a lot more. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if, you talk, or, if you do, or if you tell a story about a friend, you talk about yourself. I've heard that works, too. So. Sure, sure. So it's definitely absolutely. a good idea. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely. And um, and I got a few more questions, then we'll wrap up. Yeah, yeah, cool, buddy. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Absolutely. And um, now, I noticed this. When I was when I was trying to contact you before, like, I know I, I contacted you on Facebook, and I tried to call you, and I hadn't heard from you, and I, I assumed you were busy, because I know you're all over the place. So. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, I, so I went to your website and thought, maybe there's a quicker way I can get a hold of it. So I go to the contact section of your site. And I discovered, I saw this woman's name. I think her name is Rebecca yeah, yeah. Schrager. Schrager, did I pronounce that right? And so for those people who may not know, uh, who is Rebecca and what impact has she had in your career? Uh, she's my film and television agent with the People Store. She's been awesome, man. I mean, they've been so supportive and gotten me some some work. You know, they, they, they handle, like, film and television stuff. And she's been awesome. Been so supportive. They're probably the biggest agency in Atlanta for film and television and stuff. I hosted their 30th anniversary party. They've been they've been a, just a tremendous support and impact in my career and my life. Very grateful for them. They may be hooking me. I mean, she may be introducing me to some management and agency people in L.A., so we'll see about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be my next question. Is she going to be still going to be working with you when you go out to Los Angeles? Uh, I think she might connect me with some people out there, and I I need to figure out what, yeah. So she might be connecting me with some people. Like, they know some management people out there who I think are involved with comedy too, which I'm excited about. Well, well, to me that's a great agent. Someone that's like, you know, if you're going out of state, I'll help refer you to another agency. Yeah. You can still grow as a performer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that means she truly wants you to grow, and she's not just taking money from you. Like she really wants to help you grow as a performer. Absolutely. And that's always the key thing you want in an agent. So that's definitely. So I never met Rebecca, but she scores cool points with uh, me just awesome. for the fact that she wants to help you grow like that. That's awesome. It's Thank a great you. Feeling. And um, now, of course, as we mentioned before earlier in the show, August 27th, you're going to be at the Relapse Theater. I will be. It's your going away party before you head to Los Angeles. What can fans expect when they come to the Relapse Theater? Oh, it's party? awesome. Well, you know, I'm kind of getting back to basics. So if you saw the show March 19th at the Earl Strand, um, it was a production. I mean, I had background dancers. I had singers. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, one girl from American Idol. I was doing sketches. I showed music videos. I mean, it was like a freaking party. This is going to be a party, too, but it's different. I'm getting back to basics. So it's like I'm going back to how I started, stand-up and piano. You know what I mean? And maybe yeah. a track or two, but, like, it's old school. I'm writing new jokes. I'm a, You know, my plan is to have a new set for them. You know, probably not in, like, 45 minutes or anything, but, like, you know, a new hosting, like, come out swinging with some new, a lot, you know, I want to have a nice chunk of new jokes and um, some new piano comedy as well, and so, but it's it's going to be an epic stand-up show, and I'm bringing some, some I think, my just sensational comics are going to be performing. I mean, J.A. Anderson's going to be there, who I believe he's, I believe he's been on Conan O'Brien. That's what I've been told. Um, Jerry Farber is is going to be here, three-time Atlanta Entertainer of the Year. And then we have one special, special guest who is supposed to be there, and I can't announce him. He's kind of a big deal, but, um, you know, I've been sort of sworn to secrecy, but I can say that he, I believe, you know, he's been on Last Comic Standing. He got, um, he's, I believe he's been on 
fucking Showtime for stand-up, Bud Light Super Bowl commercial. I mean, this dude's been on MTV. He's he's a big deal, and so it's gonna be slamming, man. I mean, it's gonna be. It's it's. We sold 30 tickets yesterday, which is pretty cool. So uh, anyone who is interested, man, it's, it's gonna be huge. There's only 190 seats, so get tickets at funnyjoshlive.com. Absolutely, I will definitely post that website, Thanks, and I'll, I'll help out uh, any way that I can. And um, we may have already answered this question, but I'll just throw it out anyway because it's how I like to close the interview. Yeah. What can we expect from Josh Harris in the future? Gosh, man, I don't know. I guess only God can tell, but I, I would, huh? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna go out and just see what happens, but. I'm really working on my set and my stand-up as I go to L.A. because that's my number one. I think that's what I'm strongest at right now. Um, I've been quite good at like producing and filming and creating content. I think so. There's that. I want to bump up my social media presence, put some more skits on social media. Um, but really, I'm gonna really go all in on uh, I think on stand-up and on writing. And I mean, it would be great to you know have a Comedy Central presents or a Netflix something or you know whatever. So we're just gonna I'm just gonna hustle and bustle and, and and see what happens. I would love to do more musical comedy, but you know that's gonna have to present itself. And you know maybe get involved with some other great comics or people that I can co-write some stuff with. My bucket list I have a bucket list dream of filming and directing a movie as well. Um, so. We'll see if that comes to fruition one day, too. Well, if you need the actors, give me a call. You're the man, Boosh, of course. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Atlanta comedian Josh Harris. You can catch him August 27th, Saturday, at the Relapse Theater. Tickets are on sale at funnyjoshlive.com. And yes, what time's the show? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Make sure you get your tickets now before they sell out. Josh, thank you so much, You're man, the man, Booch. For being on the show. I'm a man. fan of yours. Yes, uh, you've always been a great supporter of the Booch cast. Yeah, buddy. I've known you for quite a few years. And like I said before, man, when I said you were a powerhouse, I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. are. Uh, you're one of the few comics that I see. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you about your bad sets like every other comic, but usually when I see you on stage, man, you just destroy a room. Oh, like it is. All right. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was my interview with the one and only... Josh Harris. Aside from the motorcycles driving down the street, the audio seemed to come out perfectly. I also want to take this opportunity to thank the people on the patio for being polite and not heckling during the interview. What I love most about this interview is how much I learned about Josh as both a performer and a human being through his ups and downs in both aspects of his life. Also, I know I made a few religious jokes during the interview, but in all seriousness, I admire and respect Josh for turning his life around with the help of Christianity. And to me, he is living proof that you can believe in God and still be a good person. And as someone who also believes in God and thanks him every day for the blessings I have in my life, I can honestly say we need more people like that in this world. Just to show that there are good, God-loving people out there instead of the homophobic, angry ones who get all the media attention. I also love the story about working with Rebecca Schrager. I hope I got that last name right. And the People Store Talent Agency. A few months ago, I auditioned for a different talent agency only to find out it was a giant scam. So it's nice to know that there are still legit talent agencies out there and at some point I would definitely consider reaching out to the People Store in the hopes that they would want to represent me. Also, one last thing I want to say before I wrap up this episode is if any of you are interested 
and taking Josh Harris's stand-up comedy class, go to funnyjosh.com slash classes and learn how to make people laugh from one of the most successful comedians on the planet. Students will receive a graduation video of their performance, intense individualized instruction where Josh helps you with your writing and delivery, ensuring you have the most professional performance possible, a live graduation show where you debut your amazing routine to a crowd full of friends and family, seven three-hour comedy classes with Billboard charting comedian Josh Harris, a 25-page workbook written by Josh Harris breaking down the science and structure behind stand-up comedy and showing you how to find your funny, a list of every open mic in the city, directions on how to create a dynamic marketable brand when the class is over, and easy access to Josh during and after the class. Now, the course covers how to write great jokes, how to develop great stage presence, the science behind what makes audiences laugh, find the formula behind the funny, exercises and guidance to help each student find their unique comedic voice and identity, meticulous writing and rewriting with Josh Harris, detailed individual guidance on stage presence and delivery, helping you become a dynamic performer and public speaker, building killer confidence on stage, and how to conquer stage fright. Now, I can honestly say the last two are the most important part of this course. Now, I personally have never taken the class, but I can just tell you as a comedian, you want to focus on those two. Because until you conquer those two things, the rest of that stuff will not be able to help you. This is definitely a class you want to take because Josh will really give you guys everything you need to know about stand-up comedy. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this episode of the Boochcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and thanks again to Josh Harris for being on the show. And I will return next week with a new episode of the Boochcast. Also, make sure you remember to follow us on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcast. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, make sure you like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as other great content. So if you got some episodes uh, from this past week that we put out that you haven't had a chance to check out, hit up the Facebook page. You'll be able to see them right there. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos of the show Also, make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content, including Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, our watch parties, our D&D one-shot, funny skits, all more coming soon. So make sure you hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when the new episodes of Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring come out. We still got the Brian Pillman videos. The Ultraviolence of Nick Gage, The Collision in Korea, The Ultimate Warrior, The Smith Family, The Dynamite Kid, The Plane Ride from Hell, The Double Life of Chris Canyon, Blood and Wire, Onita's FMW, and of course, Johnny K9 as well, coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel. So make sure you hit the subscribe button to check it out. Also, 
Don't forget to also follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live uh, wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Sunday, November the 21st for WWE Survivor Series. So make sure you follow us now so you can check out and be with us live for Survivor Series. Also, that's when we're doing our live D&D uh, one camp campaigns. I know we got uh, plans to do one hopefully this month. Uh, I need to check in with John and find out what's going on there. But rest assured, we will find out and we'll have answers for you when we officially return with new episodes. So make sure you guys are ready for that. Follow us on Twitch. Be ready to go. And also, don't forget you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. There are three levels that you can contribute at with prizes coming soon. The first level you can contribute to is 99 cents per month. That's the first level. The second level is $4.99 per month, the same you would normally pay for a Peacock subscription. You can bring that over here. I know a lot of you guys aren't real fans of the Peacock, so bring that money over here. We got better content anyway. Also, you can go to the third and final level, which is $9.99. That's right. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription back in the day when it was here in the United States. You got nowhere to put that money now, so bring that $9.99 over here. We got better content anyway. You can pay with a credit card or with GPay. And don't forget, all money raised for the Boochcast goes right back into the show. We used to upgrade the equipment, bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills. It also allows me to take care of all the guys who work very hard on air and behind the scenes to make the Boochcast possible. So if you got a favorite co-host who and you believe they deserve to be paid for their work, that's how you make that happen. Also, and of course, whatever we have a little left over, we used to, of course, feed Zach ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.